What happens when a radio broadcaster gets let go from his sports talk job? Well, he tries to figure out what he wants to do next for a career. And in the meantime, joins the 4 million other podcasts on the internet and the John cast is born. Join me each week as I talk to guests I find interesting or entertaining from the world of sports, play-by-play broadcasting, or whatever else sounds fascinating to me at the moment. The John cast is what I'm doing until I figure out what I'm doing. Subscribe, download, and I hope you learn something along the way. Welcome in John cast podcast episode number 49. Thank you for joining uh, today. Locations in Madison, always having different styles of pizza. You just got to go check them out. And the classic mac and cheese pizza is a staple that if you haven't tried, you must. This podcast is also brought to you by me and Julio in Fitchburg, where they've got $4 margaritas every Tuesday and Thursday, wine Wednesdays, $5 wines by the glass all day long, plus Tuesday night trivia and uh, a bunch of specials in the month of April, including still time to get the blackened shrimp salad and the Chipotle chicken wrap if you want to go try those out. Highly recommend me and Julio. And also johncastpodcast.com if you want to pick up a cool t-shirt representing uh, some of the different sports in the state and sports figures in the state of Wisconsin. You can go check out those t-shirts at johncastpodcast.com. But today's podcast, I'm pretty excited about today's podcast because my guest today is a draft analyst for NFL.com. That's where you can find his seven-round mock draft for this year's NFL draft. He's covered the draft for over 20 years. He's here to talk a little bit about this year's draft class of players, who the players are to watch, and also talk a little bit about how he's gotten to this point in his scouting-slash-researching career. It is Chad Ryder of NFL.com. Chad, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I am just waiting for this weekend to happen. Looking forward to getting through the noise and actually hearing some picks called and see uh, who these teams are going to get on their rosters for next year. Yeah, it's definitely here. So how uh, is draft week the same or different from uh, for you leading up to the draft as it is this actual week when the draft is going to happen? Uh, you know, honestly, at this point, um, most of my job with NFL media is getting things ready in advance of the event. So all my stuff is in pretty much at this point. I'm just waiting for it to happen. It's actually the, probably the worst three days of the year because you just have to sit here and wait and wait and wait. And it's not great. But I get to do a lot of fun podcasts and radio interviews, stuff like that, talking draft. So that's a good part of it. But uh, I just wanted to get here already. And uh, let's get this show going. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it's kind of like, I guess, probably in a little bit of, uh, like Christmas, right? Like as a kid, you're just kind of waiting for Christmas to come. Like it's going to be here. I just have to wait a couple more days. And then all that hard work that you put in leading up to the draft, you get to see, I guess, I don't know, how do you evaluate what you do because you have a seven round mock draft like that's in, almost impossible like yeah get- it's not about right. like getting pick number 252 correct you know it's it's just right. not it's just about kind of setting the table for what might happen during the draft and and just getting an idea of some names that people might look for and maybe the way that their team could fill some of their needs as the draft progresses because you can't fill them all in rounds one and two so you have to think about what's coming them down the road and four, five, six, seven, and just so you can see, hey, we can get an edge rusher later. We can get a wide receiver a little bit later. And just so that kind of shows how it might play out. Yeah, and then it, uh, it probably also kind of shows you like which teams perhaps, in your opinion, reached for a player if that player is no longer available or which you know players have, have dropped. And that's kind of a surprising thing too, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I do draft grades. That's one thing that I do, like, right during the draft. Um, I'm writing them the whole time. I hand them in, like, 15 minutes after the draft is over for, for each day of the draft, right? So, like, I don't get any time to sit back and think about it and whatever. It's just whatever I'm thinking at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I can identify, like, wait a minute, this guy was not great value at this pick. Or, wow, this is a really great pick here because I expect him to be gone two rounds later. We won't know for three years whether this guy is going to work out or not. All you can do is really think about what you think right now, the information that you have at the time, and how that pick correlates to, to what you know. So that's really helpful in the seven-round mock to get that, that idea. And with the grades, I can just say, this is the value where I expected them to go, that kind of thing. That's really interesting. The information you have right now, because I think sometimes a fan, like this is just speakly, uh, speaking strictly from a fan perspective, they'll they'll evaluate a draft two or three years down the road with new information, right? right? Like now that you right. have all these other things in place, then they look back and say, well, why didn't we get this guy? But right. That's what you're saying here is that's you got to stop yourself from doing that. You got to put yourself in the moment, April of 2022. That's right. And and that's for pretty much every decision you make in life, much less picking a, a football player. Right? You have to go with the information you have at the time. Uh, we're not omnipresent. We don't we don't know everything. Uh, and and I think, um, uh, you know, I, I think people forget that a lot when you especially when you're seeing this redrafting of three years ago or grading of three years ago. That's why draft grades are really important to do at the time of the draft. You're not necessarily projecting. We don't know what's going to happen, but at least you get a flavor for what we thought at the point. And then you can say, oh, well, I guess that wasn't a bad pick. It just didn't work out the way that the team and, and everybody expected at the time because that happens. So let's ask, uh, let's talk a little bit. I should say, I want to ask you about the Green Bay Packers. Now, this is something I was driving to the draft once. This is several, several years ago. And uh, I was listening to the radio and it was, I think it was a Chicago station. I don't remember. But the point is they asked this question and it's kind of stuck with me. Uh, throughout the years. So I'm going to ask you, who should the Packers draft? And who do you think will the Packers draft? Well, I honestly think at at the point where they're drafting in the first round, you're not really, there's like so many different options. um, And they have, all of them would be good picks. For example, uh, you know, at wide receiver, everybody knows they want a wide receiver. If they can get a Chris Olave out of Ohio State, if they can get a George Pickens from Georgia at one of their two picks, they don't necessarily have to pick wide receiver first. Everybody thinks that they need to get that first. And they don't have to if the value is there at another position. For example, offensive tackle, like a Trevor, Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, is much like Brian Bulaga when he came out of Iowa in 2010. People thought he would go higher. He dropped a little bit into the 20s, good value there. They can get that receiver with their second pick potentially, even moving up in that second pick to get a player. So wide receiver, offensive tackle, defensive line is another place they're going to be looking with that second pick. Perry and Winfrey from Oklahoma, Logan Hall from Houston. They have so many different options with those late uh, first round picks that they really, you know, they can't really, I would say you can't go wrong. Obviously some picks don't turn out, but you have a lot of options there when you have two at the end of the first, when you have two at the end of the first round. So uh, right now in your mock draft, um, who do you have them taking? It looks like you've got, um, I'm bringing it Chris in. Olave and then Abraham Lucas, uh, offensive tackle from Washington State. If Penning isn't there, then Lucas would be a good second option to fill in that, that right tackle void for them. Talking here with Chad Ryder, NFL 
NFL.com draft analyst. So what about the rest of the NFC North? Um, is, is there a team or teams that you think could really set themselves up for success here um, in 2022? Well, certainly uh, when you have a bad record, and you trade players like the Bears, you're going to be, you should have a good draft, right? I mean, that's what should happen. The same with the Lions. You've got, you know, a top pick. And if you have another pick late in the first round because you traded your franchise quarterback, well, you're probably going to, you should have a good draft. So right. those two teams really should come out of this draft with some really good players. And they're trying to, you know, whittle down the difference um, in the division. Um, all right. So as far as the NFC North, that's that. How about the star of the draft? When you look back on this, when we look back on this, um, who do you think the star of this 2022 draft will be? Well, I like the quarterbacks a little bit more than, than other people. So okay. I think like a guy like Malik Willis will turn out to be a really good NFL player. And a lot of people don't believe in that. And that's fine. Um, you know, but I, I think he's got all the tools to be a really, really good player. And he may not even be the first quarterback pick, but that doesn't always mean everything, right? Like Patrick Mahomes, not the first quarterback pick. Lamar Jackson, not the first quarterback pick. So the order in which they're picked doesn't necessarily pretend their success. And, uh, and I think Willis really could be a star in two or three years, especially if he can get to a team like Atlanta, that he doesn't have to play right away. He can sit behind Marcus Mariota for a, a year and just in a great situation i think he could be a really good player you know one of the things uh people love fans love whether it's uh the nfl draft or their own fantasy football draft is a good sleeper so yeah. i mean I, that's something you have to deal with every single year is there one in particular maybe there's a couple of guys who do you see as someone as a sleeper in this draft that a team's gonna get a steal in your opinion well, you know, sleeper is such a, you know, a loaded term. And frankly, there are so many websites covering the draft now, so much coverage of college football. A, a true sleeper is kind of tough to find. But uh, there's a, you know, Nolan Turner, a safety at Clemson, has been really under the radar. I think if you're looking for a guy that could be a top 100 pick uh, that isn't really being talked about, he's a guy that's a fantastic athlete. Um, he's going to step in. You know, the Lions got a really good deal with Tracy Walker a couple years ago, and I think they could look at him. And Percy Butler, another safety from Louisiana, one of those two could be a really good third-round pick for the Lions. It's kind of a in that sleeper category of somebody we're not really talking about a lot. How about Wisconsin Badgers players? Who's the best Badger coming out of this draft? How about a guy like Jake Ferguson? How do you kind of see him in the NFL? And then a former Badger, too. I know this is like three questions in one, but Jack Cohn. Like, yeah. what, what will we see from Jack Cohn? Well, I think the Badgers probably go um, Leo Chanel probably in the mid-second to, to early third round. He'll probably be first off the board. Then you're talking about, you know, Jake Ferguson and Logan Bruss kind of in the middle um, of the draft, fourth round, fifth round, guys that will really have, you know, solid careers. Matt Hennison will go on on day three. He's a really um, – He's a really solid player. He's gonna be. He's got a lot of quickness, and he's an underrated athlete. Also, a, you know, a work hard guy. Um, old Badger fans that know the name Don Davy, very similar to yeah. Don Davy. Um, so I, I think he's another guy that's going to be. So I think those guys are really the the top guys going to come out of this class. 
And uh, Logan Bruss is not really talked about a lot, but he's he's uh, they have fans in the NFL about Logan Bruss's ability to play guard or tackle. And then Jack Cohn will be a day three pick, I think. Uh, just one of those really solid guys, not kind of like Jim Sorty, you know, not that long ago, where he just kind of stuck in the league for a long time. If if Cohn can, you know, find a backup job and and just be that really solid backup player um, for eight ten years, I think that's I, that's where his career could track. Let's talk about your career. Like, how did you get started evaluating NFL draft prospects? How did this all go down? Because this was over 20 years ago, right? Where you kind of Yeah, well, I got the flu. That's how it started. And so I was stuck on the couch for the whole week of uh, between Christmas and New Year's. And I watched every bowl game. And I'm like, you know, I've been watching football long enough. I have interest in the Packers. Why don't I start a website just for fun? And so I started doing analysis and uh, data analysis, player analysis, all this stuff. And, and you know, eventually I started talking with some teams and with other media outlets. And, and a media outlet hired me to help out with their draft coverage. And we got picked up by CBS Sports. And I started doing radio shows with WTSO in Madison. And, I, you know, it just kind of snowballed over time. And, um you know, for the last uh, 11 years, I've been with NFL media and it's been great. And, uh, you know, I, I when you get when you get your dream job, it's pretty fantastic. So you were sick. What year is this when you got uh, 2000? Sick? So the end of 2000. So my first draft that I really studied was the 2001 draft. What were you doing before you decided to start this website for fun? Well, I. I uh, have a a master's in public policy analysis. I was doing uh, my degrees in economics. So I was doing work for the state regarding that. And, uh, you know, I was like looking for other things. Like I was going to be a golf pro for a little while and stuff like that. And and, uh, this just became a new hobby. And, you know, people like the way that I approach things. And it just kind of went from there. Yeah, that's that's interesting. You started as a hobby and it's growing for NFL media is where you work where you work now, when you first started, was that ever, I know you said you started for fun. When did it get to the point where you thought, oh, well, maybe I can just do this? Yeah, well, you know, websites weren't really making money in the early 2000s. It was really just a hobby thing. They, they didn't have carts that you could buy things out of, you know, it's a totally different world. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably 2006, 2007, uh, I started getting, you know, talking with different people about jobs and stuff like that. So I, I that's really when it started. I'm like, well, you know, in 2008, I'm like, well, let's try it full time, see how it goes. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a, a pleasure of doing it full and part time ever since. Yeah. And, uh, you know, WTSO, that's where I used to work and that's where I know you from. And I remember getting the PDF of the draft guide and yeah. I would print that off and our printer would need more paper. I mean, yeah. those things... Those things were were massive with all the information. How long does it take you to put together something like that? And how long does it take you to do like a mock draft? Well, um, you know, it's kind of a cumulative process. So I've done uh, four mock drafts for the website. And one was a three round and then two four rounds and then a seven round. So it's a cumulative effort building this over time. So it's hundreds of hours. Um, mm. And, you know, that document that I used to do uh, on my own, again, a lot of it was history and things like that. So you had kind of compiled some of that information. And then the new information, again, a couple hundred hours at least of effort. Um, you know, and it's it's a labor of love. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I think, uh, you know, it's like, uh, 
you know, I could sit there and, you know, watch The Sopranos for the sixth time or I could, you know, be productive and, and do Actually, I haven't seen The Sopranos, but, you know, I'm just like, I I don't watch TV shows. I do this stuff, basically, yeah. what it comes down to. So it's, it's a matter of what you want to do. Exactly. I was going to say, it's just kind of like how you use your time, basically. Right. Right. And I think that's a really good lesson for people like who might be watching this the sixth time of the Sopranos or something else. Like, yeah. maybe maybe take a little bit of that time and put it towards something that you really like doing, and perhaps someday, you know, you it, never it, know. It, you never yeah. know, and it takes time too. So when yeah, you're, yeah, go yeah, ahead. And, I, and I've overworked at times, so I wouldn't suggest people do that. But okay. uh, certainly, if you you know have a passion for something, you know. Uh, Put some effort into it and, and see where it can lead. So, okay. So you put your passion in it when you were sick in April and just started doing it and it's led to where we are now. Um, so, so how, how did you get, I guess, good at evaluating a player? Like, are there certain people you you talk to about like, Hey, what is he doing? Well, what is he not doing? Well, like, how did you get from, I'm sick on my couch looking at players to, I can actually watch film and, and kind of figure something out. Well, you have conversations with people over time, and you try to read and learn things from anybody that you have respect for um, about players. And eventually, when you've been doing it for 20 years, you kind of see the same things over and over in players that can be successful or not successful. And then at another, at another level, you know, a lot of people say the film doesn't lie, and they say, oh, well, he couldn't do that in college. Well, you're not asked to do everything in college that you're asked to do in the pros. And mm -hmm. so you have to be able to take the tape for what it is and then project and what you think this player can become. And that's a tricky business. Nobody does it perfectly. Teams that, you know, have been working at this stuff for 40 years still miss on picks every year. So you just kind of have to trust what you see more than what you hear, first of all. And then learn from your mistakes and learn from your successes and just try to, you know, improve your process every year. You know, that's funny. You can trust what you what you see, because around this time and leading up to the draft, there are what people call, you know, like smokescreen reports. Uh, how yeah. often how prevalent is that in the NFL and how can you like identify like, well, this is probably BS, or is that just something that you just take with a grain of salt when you hear Yeah, that? you just have to take it all with a grain of salt because you don't know the source of the information. It could be an agent of a player saying, my, you know, my the team really likes my guy. Well, he may they may also like five other guys at that position. You don't know. So it, you just have to take it with a grain of salt. And some of it turns out to be true, and some yep. of it doesn't. And you could drive yourself insane trying to figure out which is true and which isn't. You just kind of have to take what you think about a player and what you're hearing and seeing if does it marry up, does it make sense, or doesn't it? And uh, you just have to go from there. You know, I, I've looked at enough mock drafts over time to know – that a lot of guys who are well-connected, well-regarded in the league get fed information that isn't necessarily false, but they may say they like a player, but that player gets chosen ahead of them. So then what? Then they have to go to you know plan B or plan C. So it's not necessarily that that teams are even lying to guys, even though that happens too, to because to, you don't want to give away your plan. But a lot of times it's just like they like a player but they also like other players or the players are gone. So that's why you see trades happen because that's when they really like a player when they go and get them because they don't want to lose them. So there's, it's a bunch of different things. You just kind of have to get your noise canceling headphones out 
and just pay attention, you know, just pick from, choose from what you think is realistic or not and go from there. Back to the Green Bay Packers for a second, because I'm, I'm curious as to how you would evaluate their decisions in the NFL draft so far, especially from Brian Gutekunst. How would you evaluate him in drafting for the Packers? Well, I think he does what he thinks is best for the team, and that's the most important thing. And, and another thing is that you, a long time ago, somebody in the league told me, you can't listen to the fans because soon you'll be sitting with them. <laughs> Okay, so you have to do what you think is right for the team and and really um, evaluate the players the way you are, because you're getting hired and fired by your decisions, not by listening to other people and telling you what you should do or not do. So it's really in your court and you have to you have to do it on your own. I think they do that. I think if they like a player, they go get them. If they don't feel there's value, they trade out. I haven't always agreed with all their decisions. But they have to make those decisions themselves. And, and, and I think that's really smart. But overall, I think they've done just a fine job. I, I really do. I mean, you can pick apart individual picks and all that stuff. But overall, they've gotten some good value late in the draft. Some of their picks, they're, they're, they're at least league average and, and how, they've, of how they've worked and, and maybe a little bit better. So, you know, that's, it's, hard to, um, it's hard to consistently – be the top drafting team. That doesn't happen that often. What would you say to a Packers fan who is still um, holding out hope that Jordan Love, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to say this with any bias, like I feel one way or the other, but what do you say to a Packers fan who's holding out hope that when Aaron Rodgers and the Packers finally separate from themselves, whenever that happens, that Jordan Love could be the guy? Because I think there are probably still some Packer fans wondering, like, I don't know, is Rodgers actually going to play out that his entire ex extension? Is Love still part of the plan? Um, yeah. And what can he do after being sat on the bench for so long? Well, you know, Rodgers sat on the bench as long. Right. You know, I mean, this it's not unusual. This is, has happened before. And and frankly, I'm not sure that Jordan Rodgers isn't going to get traded in the next year, to be honest. Um, mm. I, I think there's a good chance of that. If they really believe that, that Rodgers is going to be in Green Bay for at least two years, and it sounds like – that contract really is a two-year deal um, at, at one level. So I think there's a decent chance that that Love is traded, and we'll see what they get for him. It could be in this draft. It could be if he has a really good preseason and somebody gets hurt, they, they could trade him at that point. So I'm thinking that. And, and if at two years he's still around, um, you know, that, that's, that would be pretty unusual, I think. Um, and, uh, so I, I'm not sure that Jordan Love is the future of this franchise, but to tell you the truth, um, the way that Aaron Rodgers played after they made that pick, um, I, that pick might've just been worth it just to see that because, uh, if people, again, as we mentioned yeah. before, we have to go back to when that pick was made. And at that point, Aaron Rodgers did not, did not have a great 2019 season. And he had missed two of the previous five years, I think. He had a significant time. They had no backup. And, and they struggled without him. So trying to guide a guy who's gonna trying to get a guy who's gonna be a backup could be the future because you don't know if Aaron Rodgers is gonna sign an extension. You have no idea what he's gonna do. So I think the pick was fine at the time. And they don't have to get a Hall of Fame quarterback to make the, you know. 26 pick or whatever it was in the first round pay off a lot of 26 picks don't pay off at a lot of positions so you know I, I don't think that he needs to do something but in the end I think if they keep Aaron Rodgers two years then Jordan Love 
probably won't make it through that. And hopefully they'll be able to get some return on him rather than losing him as a free agent. All right. So have you gotten out on the golf course yet? Uh, no, hit balls a couple times. Haven't gotten the golf course yet. Hopefully uh, next week we'll uh, we'll start doing that a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, you and I should go out on the golf course sometime. Yeah. Sounds good. Balls. Yeah. I haven't I haven't been out since shoot August. Yeah. So it's it's always a little rough. It's time. Anyway. It's time when the weather if the weather can get back in the 60s or at least in the 40s in the morning and we can get out <laughs> and it's at least decent out then then we'll do that. 60s and a little bit of sunshine is all you really need. That's all you, know? you need. You get yep. the clouds and the wind. It's a different ball game. You give me the sunshine and a little less wind, and it's perfect, man. I yeah, I like 63 with 63. a little cloud cover yeah. um, and not a lot of wind because that way you're not fighting the sun and all that. So that's my ideal golfing um, weather. So basically Spring? I'm just going to move to England and, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll be good. <laughs> That's that. Wait, hold on. Is that your spring golfing weather, or you're just in general any day of the week, like any? Time? Oh, any, any, any time. Really? Any time. Yeah. I don't. I, I, when it's 85 out, I'm just like a sweaty mess, and I and I don't golf very well. So if it's hot out, I'm out at six o'clock. I'll be I'll be at the golf course at six o'clock, ready to get out and get out there before you know the the heat comes. Okay. See, I was gonna say I've always told people mid to low 70s depending mm -hmm. on the sunshine and you give me 74 degrees in sun and i, I golf that's all day okay. long all day that, long. That, that's okay too i'm not <laughs> going to complain about that you'll take that too yeah i guess that's why so many people go to san diego right that is true and uh <laughs> yeah i was there and yeah that's pretty much what it is and that's okay but you know what um I, i'm i'm good here i'm good here okay. even with the with the terrible winters all right. Well, you can find his work, NFL.com, his seven round mock draft and go check out who he thinks your favorite team will uh, pick in the NFL draft this year. He's Chad Ryder, NFL draft expert. Chad, thanks for catching up with me and thanks for taking some time to join me on the podcast. Yeah, you bet. Uh, it was great talking to you again and hopefully we'll be swinging some uh, clubs soon. Absolutely. All right. There you go. Thanks, Chad. That is Chad Ryder, NFL.com, with his draft analysis. And a reminder that the JohnCast podcast, once again, brought to you by Ian's Pizza with three locations in Madison. They're also in Milwaukee. They're in Seattle. They're in Denver. And it's delicious pizza. So go check it out. We're getting um, getting closer and closer to that next promotion. Me and Julio, go check them out in Fitchburg with those April specials. And the two uh, Tuesday, what is it? I'm sorry. The margaritas on Tuesdays and Thursdays, the $4 margaritas, the wine Wednesdays. See, it's the alliteration that can help me memorize this. Wine Wednesdays, the rest is margaritas. The margaritas are fantastic. And I'm, I'm getting closer to a listener party coming up in May. Like I said, it's going to be a quick turnaround when this is announced. I'm just uh, waiting for it. We'll have a live podcast. We'll raise some money for charity. And if you're interested, send me a tweet. Let's get some publicity for this thing going. I'll retweet you at John Audius Radio and also JohnCastPodcast.com if you want to go check out the T-shirts I've got for sale there from my partnership with Scani T-shirts. Uh, until the next episode. Oh, got a great episode coming out later this week as well. So after you're done listening to Chad, um, I don't want to say too much, but we'll be talking some NBA basketball uh, later on this week. But thank you again for listening to today's JohnCast Podcast. Goodbye.